0: What's up, loves? Today's episode is so special and so near and dear to my heart because I had the opportunity to sit down with my dear friend, Daisha Carter, who is the founder of the business and ministry, Where Do I Go From Here? In today's episode, Daisha and I are diving into a very specific part of her testimony. That includes forgiving herself for committing the act of adultery in her marriage. And we're talking about how she started to forgive herself, the introspection that she went through. What were some of those things that she was able to discover that contributed to that? And then also, what has that healing journey looked like? And how has God made all things new in her life since that time? It's so good. It's packed with so many nuggets, y'all. I'm not even like (laughs) trying to convince y'all to listen. Like it is just good. It's good for the soul. And so join me and my good friend Ayesha as we take this journey. Are you feeling like it's finally time to break free from trauma and the drama of a past relationship? Do you find yourself searching for scriptures and sermons for ways to heal from past pain and forgive those who gave it? Are you hoping that someday you'll finally have the clarity you need to move on with your life? Well, you have found the right place. In this podcast, you're gonna find Clarity, sis. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to find new strength. And that's all going to be done through scripture, tips, resources, and coaching so that you can start to live a more fulfilling life. Grab your journal, sis. Let's get to work. All right. So I was thinking about um, when we recorded um, On a podcast for your podcast and how much we cut up. I was like, baby, when we get together, we just be cutting up because the insights just be so good (laughs) that it's like come through with all of the. Gold, the gold. So I'm excited to get some time to chat today about your testimony because it's one that I've been wanting to bring to my audience for a while because it's just, it's so jam packed with so much. You are one of those people that I just feel like, man, when the world discovers her, when God like brings her out of hiding, everybody else is going to see the gem that I see, you know, uh, cause you just have so much to offer in how you, not only from your testimony, but even I think in how you present, cause you just are who you are. <laughs> and it really is like, listen, I ain't got time to pretty this up for you, fake this for you. If I feel like it, you'll know, if I don't feel like it, you'll know, but I'm going to be obedient regardless. <laughs> And I think that level of authenticity is just such a treasure in today's world where it can be easy to feel like we need to try to package something in a way, you know, um, that can be more easily accepted. So excited to get into um, your testimony today. Let's start out with you, Di, just sort of um, introducing yourself to the audience.
1: Yeah, thank you for that great introduction. Uh, I love you so much, Shell. So I am Daisha Carter. And it's so interesting that you, you know, say, hey, introduce yourself. And so I just completed a masterclass on identity and I started the masterclass with, you know, typically you. I would introduce myself as I'm Daisha Carter, founder of What Do I Go From Here, host of the What Do I Go From Here podcast, like just naming all the things that I do, right? But as I was preparing for that, the Holy Spirit was like, that is not who you are. And like, let's reintroduce yourself, And I was like, all right. So today, when you ask me that question, I am a blood-bought daughter of Jesus Christ, rooted and established in love, Mm. for love, by love, created in love. And that is the truest thing about me. That's my introduction.
0: I love that. I love that. And I forgot about um, the workshop that you just did. And um, I was having a conversation with one of my friends. I tagged her in the post in the Facebook group. And um, she was talking about how looking through some of those questions that you asked during that masterclass around like, who has the right (laughs) to define who you are? And she was just like, Shell, for the longest, I have given people the right who have not earned the right. And that's also so beautiful because the way that you identify yourself as a daughter of God, it truly is the the only thing that
1: matters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, and then it's, you know, we go through the journey, right? But it's so fitting, even for the discussion that we're going to have today, which I won't jump too far ahead, but um, like that had to, God had to circle back you know what I mean Mm -hmm. with this is who you are so many things have defined me you know what I mean that I've allowed that I have allowed that I have yielded Mm -hmm. my identity to Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just been lies you know Mm -hmm. from Satan so amen
0: yeah. Amen. So with that, um, I would love to use that as a segue, um, into your testimony. And I know that your testimony is a jam packed and there are so many different angles that we could go with it. Um, so I definitely want to see just where the spirit leads, but, um, if you could just start out by just sharing, you know, if someone asked you, Hey, what's your testimony? What's your God's story? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, I think uh, uh, for me, it would start with just me really wanting to know God. So, I grew up, you know, in church, um, but really didn't have a power, you know, to uphold the life that I wanted. There was no power. And so, when I uh, became when I turned 18, I really started searching for God, like in truth, you know, just empty, huge void, um, and and all of that. And so as I was searching, um, a couple friends of mine, they became Christians. They they're twins actually. And um, so funny, like I think about it now, they just they were like, hey. Um, we're giving our life to God. Uh, And at first I was like, yeah, right. You guys, they were like, we stopped having sex. We stopped getting high. We stopped doing all the things. And I was like, yeah, right. And so maybe about a week later, they were like, they were like, Hey, can you come pick us up from our baptism? And I was like, sure. They did not invite me to the baptism, but they were like, can you come pick us up from the baptism? So I was um, waiting in the car. I was on time, waiting in the car and they did not come out. Like it took a while for them to come out. And so I'm like, what is taking them so long? So I'm like, let me get out the car. Let me see what's going on. And I walk in and I walk in right at the time they're getting baptized. So one of the twins, right? So she gets baptized. She comes up off the water and then she baptizes her sister. Mind blown, mind blown. And so now I'm standing, keep in mind, I'm super religious. I'm standing at the back of the the room in tears though. I'm in tears and I'm just like, wow. So this, um, girl comes up to me young woman and she's like what's wrong why are you crying i'm like oh i'm so happy for them and so she was like man you should come to church with them and i said oh of course (laughs) so i went to church with them and um she was the same girl she was like hey you want to study the bible after church i'm like of course i will teach you a thing or two girl right and little did i know that that was the beginning of just an intimate walk with God right in a way that I just had no idea what was in store. And so, so that was good and, you know, all fine and dandy. And then uh, super fired up about my life. I ended up uh, meeting my husband, right? We got married. So I actually got married when I was 22. I'm 47. I got married when I was 22 and uh, felt like I just married my best friend. It was all good. We just vibe on the word of God. We were both, just, you know, did you see that topical study Bible? You want to purchase that? Da, da, da. Like, just vibing on that level. We both loved hip hop, rap music, like all the things, right? And so, and my husband was pretty like uh, thugged out, right? And so, I like that. I love that God like brought a thug turned Christian <laughs> into my life. And so, it was all good. But then, seven years into, my marriage, I was unfaithful and I did not know why, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know why, why I did it. And so in every, everyone wanted, that was the question of the hour. Like why? My husband wanted to know why, like, why did you do it? I wanted to know why it's just, I had no idea what inside of me would prompt me to do such a horrible thing. You know what I mean? Especially to someone that I love dearly. And so that was the beginning of just a very hard um, season in my life. And when I say season, I mean for about eight years, um, it was just hard. It was hard. And so um, one of the things that God did, which I think, he's just amazing, is used that to really draw me out in a very loving way, in a very loving way. Like, I think that was the first time that I really got a chance to experience the character of God in an intimate way. And so right after... I committed adultery. God blessed me. And that blew my mind because... So so I'll say this. I was taught, and I think it's bad theology. Now now I do, but then I didn't. And so I was taught that sin separates us from God. And I expected that, right? I expected punishment. I expected condemnation. Um, I, ex- I didn't expect to be blessed. I didn't expect for God's mercy and grace to be poured out. Like I expected God just to be condemning, you know? And so now I can see, so a lot of this is, you know, it's hindsight, but now I can see just through scripture, like even with Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, how they sinned, but God drew near, you know, God clothed them. He came looking for them. You know, he banished them from the garden, but he didn't banish them from his presence. Like, all oh, like there's so much that I can see in, in God now, right? Even the woman caught in adultery. So I'm saying all that to say, God used that time to acquaint me with him in a very uh, personal way, you know, on a very deep level. And and it changed, it changed me. And so um, that was all great and Danny. Like I needed, you know, God to express that regardless of what I had did, that he was still with me, that he holds to his promise that he will never leave, that he will never forsake. And so that was that. A couple years later, though, I still hadn't done the work. You know, I still, the work of introspection, the work of who is Daisha, the work of answering the why. And so, um, like a couple summers after, for whatever reason, I wasn't working. And, um, this one summer God set my butt down and he began to shed just revelation light shell and, and into my heart, but also on my history. And he began to reveal like the why, you know, and, um, so I'm going to go back to move forward and you can stop me. I'm kind of, you know, going, okay. <laughs> so what was revealed was that it was grief, right? So, and it started in my childhood. So when I was a kid, my mom and dad, they were um cocaine addicts, right? So that absolutely impacted uh, just my life, uh, my personality, my character. And because of that, I had to live with my grandmother. So my grandmother raised me until I was 12, until she died. But my grandmother was a hard woman. Uh, She didn't play that. Like my grandmother was very old school. Uh, I would get cursed out at the slightest. And so being in that environment, one, I'm really young, right? I'm about five years old. So I don't understand why I couldn't live with my parents like that. I didn't understand that. And so not only that, then I didn't understand, okay, I can't live with you, but then you send me to live with this, this demon. (laughs) Like that's how I felt like What is going on? And so what happened, though, God began to show me that because of the things that happened in my childhood, one, I feared abandonment, like that was very real, right? Two, I was, and I always coined myself as being shy, but I was not shy. I was timid but I was also a people pleaser. Like I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. I didn't want to get cursed out. I, I, and I avoided that at all costs. So I was very, very quiet, did what I had to do, held my head down so I can get through the day, right? And all of that, right? Kind of, not kind of, all of that just followed me into adulthood. And so now that I am, you know, married and going through all the ups and downs of marriage, God began to show me that the fear of abandonment was still real. Like I didn't have a voice when I was a child. And so now as things are bothering me in my marriage, things are bothering me with my husband's character, I don't have the courage to speak up and say what I really feel, what I'm really thinking, because I'm thinking if I do, he's going to. Like up until that time in my life, no one had ever stayed. And so that was a real thing. Um, And then also not being able to just say the things that were the real, real and wanting to put on a front. Uh, like that just dug into the heart of me being a people pleaser, you know, wanting to appear as if it's all good. And, you know, not wanting anyone to feel any kind of way and not wanting to ruffle anybody's feathers and all of that. Like God just began to show me that this didn't just happen. You know what I mean? Like all of this happened it's been dormant. It's been there, but it's been dormant all these years. And then not to mention, I think I've told you this before, but like even growing up, my mom, my grandmother, like all they did was watch soap operas. And uh, that's all soap operas are like infidelity and you know, Susie hooking up with Jake and then Jake hooking up with Kim and then Kim going back to Sue. You're like, it's just all of that. And it, but God revealed like how even that took root in my heart, you know what I mean? To love, like forbidden love, like for that desire to be in my heart. And so, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I'll end it there (laughs) yeah
0: so um man that's so good one of the things that um stood out to me as I was listening to you tell that part of your testimony is that though there were things happening in your marriage that were conflict you know and that didn't feel comfortable those things in and of themselves were not the issue man and I think that That's gold, especially as we think about marriage, as we think about the high divorce rate, as we think about how easy it is for people to be like, "Mm -mm, this is not what I signed up for. I wonder, you know, how many marriages can truly be saved with this mind frame on that, like, though this may be the trigger, this actually is not the root issue, because if I had learned good communication skills, I would have just had this conversation with my husband if I hadn't learned to be so timid and to be conflict avoidant because of the household that I grew up in. I could have just faced this situation head on if I didn't have this fear instilled inside of me that he wasn't going to stick around. Um, So so that's good. And then it also just makes me think about it takes me back to just. How important the family unit is, and how blessed we are as women and as Black women to be grafted into the kingdom to totally turn that thing around for our families. Because look at the impact. You find yourself in a situation, and of course, like your actions are your actions. And so we own that. Like, did nobody make you go out and commit adultery? But at the same time, there was. Ownership on your parents' end of having there be seeds planted unnecessarily that didn't help (laughs) the situation. You like, shoot, well, maybe I want to be Susie. Maybe I want to be (laughs) Kim. Like, as an adult woman in your 20s. And a lot of that may even be like totally back of mind. I'm sure you're not actively thinking, like, oh, the soap operas that I watch, I kind of want to, you know, jack up my whole marriage. Clearly not. Right. But those things have been, those seeds have been planted, you know, that that's an option, you know, or that people live like that, or that it's an option for escape. Um, yeah. So that's all real, man. It it honestly just, it all goes back to God's original design. <laughs> like he had a design that was good and perfect for a reason.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. True that.
0: So um, as I thought about this part of your testimony ahead of time, um, and just with the topic of forgiveness in mind, um, because I focus on that primarily in the podcast, I'm really interested in what that process looked like of you working your way to um, forgiving yourself. I, I know that like what you and your husband had to work through was a whole thing on its own. But then like, what about for you knowing that like, man, I became that person. I did that thing. What did the process look like for you to forgive yourself after that?
1: Yeah, that is such a good question. Um, I don't think anyone has asked me that question. Um, but it's a good one. And so one, it's definitely a process. You know what I mean? Like it took years and I will, it took me honestly up until last year to become completely free without any shame, without any guilt. Um. Yeah, it took a long time. And so, and my infidelity happened in 2005. So that's a long time. And, um, but what happened, and so I think initially, I, okay, so let me go back, I'm sorry. So initially, I was already in the habit of just walking out my life, like walking through the suffering, whatever it was, whatever it was, with God, like bringing God into my suffering. And so so that that rhythm was kind of already there, right? So it was no different. So when I was unfaithful, um, you know, if you can imagine, right? Like my husband didn't want to have too much to do with me, even though he stayed, um, <clears throat> but at the same time he was deeply hurt, right? So he has to walk through his his own responses, right? And reactions and all of that. And so it did get to a point to where, you know, it was just hard in in the house. And so um, I'm grateful for that because what that taught me was that God never leaves. So even though man points the finger and it's not even just him, I'm pointing the finger at myself, right? Like I'm, I'm looking at my, I'm judging myself. Like, how could you do that? How could you you know, put your family in jeopardy. Like, what were you thinking? You know, you deserve or you don't deserve anything good from God. So, right. So it's a lot, all the things just kind of coming together, working together. And so, what happened though, when God revealed that he is faithful, that he does not leave. That then gave me the freedom and the courage and the faith to just lay it bare before God. Right. So prior to that, I was living and I and I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Like I say that I was, there were many masks that I was wearing. But but my Christianity, I was still living that out to the best of my ability, right? To to up to the level that I that I knew, up to the level of truth about myself, um, uh, you know that I that I knew. And so, but when that happened, and I felt ostracized, uh, people around me, you know, made me feel ostracized and then when god was the only one I'm getting emotional when god like was the only one that was still like present i just was like i can trust him like you know what i mean like i can trust that and so that gave me the courage though to just take off every mask. Like that gave me the courage to just shed all pretense. And so, because it was love, right? It was love disarms the fear, love dispels the fear. And so when God poured his love, that gave me the courage and the faith that I can draw near to him without any fear. And so, um, so that was the first step, if you will. But then uh, as I leaned in, because it wasn't fun, you know, it wasn't like, I was like, yay, shed the light, you know, um, that was hard. You know, it's hard to see yourself as you really are. And I don't think I even know, you know, who I really am to the depths only god knows but but he started to reveal like you know this is who you this is who you really are and so when when that happened when i started to see like wow like this is me at my core that changed the game for me and the more that i saw oh leaning in is what, is how God transforms you. Like, you know what I mean? Like leaning in, he not only reveals, but he's there to meet you in the valley, to meet me in the deep dark. But it's in that, that he transformed me. And so that blew my mind. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, this is what suffering produces. You know what I mean? Like, and I saw my character begin to change. So as my heart began to change, because there was a point where I was just like, "Okay, God, I want out. Like my husband is treating me foul. (laughs) Like I want to get up out this marriage. And the spirit was like, what the? Like, your husband was there for you at your worst. Like, you need to be there for him at his. And I didn't like that. <clears throat> but, but, right? What what am I going to do? So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And every few months, few years, I'd be like, okay, God, is it time for me? Can I go now? Like, can I bounce? And the spirit be like, no, you need to stay. And so The more that I leaned in, the more that I saw what suffering produced and it was bearing good fruit in my life. Like I saw myself become more like Jesus in love, in love. Right. And he just used my relationship with my husband to transform me from the inside out. And so then I was like, oh, like I'm becoming a different woman in my relationship with my kids, in my relationship with my coworkers, my relationship with my friends. Like I just saw the shift. And that I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. I get that suffering is the way of God. Once I got that, I was like, okay you can sign me up. <laughs> sign me up for the suffering. Because if this would, it, if it produces this, I'm all in. I'm all in. And not and I'm saying it like, you know, woohoo, like who wants to suffer? Nobody. Right. Nobody. But but yeah, so anyway, you're asking what, what was it like? And so once I saw that, once I saw that God uses the bad, the ugly, you know, all of it, like that helped me to like, like not even forgive myself. It was when I saw myself in light of how God saw. Me. That's more of where the transformation happened in the healing process, because I could still, and I did, I still felt certain things, even though God was just like, Daisha, like, this is not, and God, the spirit would be like, you are not an adulteress you committed adultery but you you're naming yourself and 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 you know calling yourself an adulteress like that's speaking to who you are and that is not who you are committing adultery is something that you did but who you are rooted and established in me and so that that's a that takes a while, you know what I mean? Like that just doesn't happen in one encounter. With me, it didn't. And so, so all, so, you know, it was that, it was all of that. And then finally, so was, this is this is a long time coming, but last year, Shell, I was sitting watching um, a movie on Pure Flix, right? Hopeless romantic I am. And the movie goes, so, you know, the climax of like Pure Flix movies or Hallmark movies is just at the very end, they they kiss, right? Ooh. And so typical Pure Flix movie, love the movie, turned the TV off. And I sat there and I was just like, God, I think... I would like another chance. And so I don't wanna be married. I don't wanna, I have no desire to be married again. Not, not at this stage anyway. And when I turned off the movie, I was like, God, I think I want another chance at getting it right. Like, I think I want to love somebody, like, without the sin, you know, like, without destroying somebody's life (sighs) and shell almost immediately. The Holy Spirit was like, Daisha, he was like, this is the problem. (laughs) You see your life through your lens. Like there, there are three sides to the story. There's your side, There's Kima's side, and then there's my side. And he was like, you tend to focus only on your side and the bad parts of it at that. And the spirit was like, you were a great wife. Let me tell you how I see it. And so um, it was just that, right? It was just that... Once the spirit poured that truth into me that night, like the chains came all the way off. Like I am free, like literally free. Like I haven't struggled with shame, guilt, any of it since any of it, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, there's so many, like there's so many good nuggets to grab out of that. First of all, like at the point that the Holy Spirit really does this work in you to like snatch the few lingering chains that are still on off, your husband is literally no longer alive. Like that, I know that's part of the testimony. Years later, you you lose your husband to death, and so I think that's so powerful because so many times, and right now in our community, we're going through the book "Forgiven What You Can't Forget" by Lisa Turkhurst, and she talks about how so many times we try to make that freedom dependent upon somebody else. Kemo wasn't even here to tell you, no, diet's cool. These are all the ways you were a good wife. I'm over it. Like it wasn't even him. It was the Lord himself saying, no, my daughter, let me tell you how I see it. Like getting that reassurance from your husband wasn't even possible. And I think that's just such a testament to regardless of of whether we feel like that reconciliation is possible in the relationship, it always has to be the Lord that does the work. If reconciliation is possible and you're able to get that, that's cherries on top. (laughs) But that ain't actually the prize. That ain't actually the cake. The cake is the Lord doing the work in you. I think that's there's something just so sweet about that. Because it, it makes true healing always possible. If the only thing that is contingent upon is the Lord being willing to meet me where I'm at, it's always possible.
1: Ooh, mm.
0: Man, that's mm. some goodness right there. Preach. Preach. That's Breach. good. Man, that's good. Um, And then something else that I wrote down from what you said was suffering is the way of God. Mm. That make me do my eye like this. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Baby, that make me a little, a little, give me a little off. (laughs) Run that thing back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take up my cross. Is that what I heard you say? Deny myself and follow you. (laughs) It's almost as if the Bible tells us that that's what it takes to follow the Lord. I said, baby, get Aisha off the pot because (laughs) nobody's trying to hear what you're saying. Do you hear me? The world is not trying to hear suffering. What? No. Blessing is the way of the Lord. Uh, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life is the way of the Lord. Suffering. <laughs> like, and this is why I love Daisha because baby suffering is the way of the Lord stop of that cute stuff suffering baby is the way of the Lord
1: Shell you are a <laughs> fool
0: this is why I love you man because I'm like you get Daisha. it is what it is and um, immediately I'm reminded of Jesus on the cross right that like Even when you talked about, like, I committed adultery, but I'm not an adulteress. Like, Jesus was crucified, but he ain't dead. Mm. Mm. Right? Like, the act happened. He was crucified. That's fact. Wow. But he is not dead. Mm. And that don't make sense. Right? Mm. Like, what you mean? How can he be crucified but not be dead? It's like, exactly. Exactly. The miracle worker, the one who resurrects, the one who changes and makes the impossible possible. Exactly. Mm. So, and even as you talked about suffering being the way of God, I'm like, literally, it was the way that our Lord chose to go out. Mm. Suffering. Mm. Like suffering was the culmination of his obedience (laughs) in completing his work here on earth. Like- Oh, that is just gold! I feel like you could do your own podcast episode on just that alone. (laughs) Right there, that's gold. Mm. That's good. Um, one of the things that I was curious about, as you told your story, when you were at that point in marriage, having committed adultery, did you and Kima have kids at that time? Yes. Okay, so what was that like, like how were your kids introduced to what you had done and what was the how were those conversation conversations and just navigating moving forward from that aspect with kids?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So at the time, our kids were 13, three, and one. So, so let me say this about Kima. He was amazing. He was amazing. Like I think about Kima the way I think about Joseph. Like how Joseph was like, okay, I'm gonna divorce her discreetly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to throw no shade on Mary, right? And so um uh, <clears throat> that's how my husband treated me like with the utmost respect no one knew no one knew except for the people in our life of course but like our family our friends my mother-in-law father-in-law my mom like no one they wouldn't have had the 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 slightest a clue and so um so I did appreciate that about him just you know wanting to protect my reputation you know um so so that's that and then I think in our home, even respecting me as, you know, wife, as mom. um, So I say all that to say my kids never knew. So I say that to say they never knew. My kids found out because I told them. And so they were grown. And so at this point, they were probably 20. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but let's say. 28, 18, and 16. And I told them because I knew I was going to start my podcast. And I knew on my podcast, I wanted to be just real, you know, authentic and the whole thing. And so I was like, okay, I can't start this podcast and, and break the news to the world and my kids don't know, you know. And so um, it was scary. Oh, it was so scary. Shell Odom. God be coming through. So I mustered up the courage, you know, to tell them. And to my surprise ship, my kids... They were so gracious. They were so loving. They were so accepting. But let me tell you what it did though what this is this is why I think and while they said it, they said it. So all the years they've looked at me as mom, oh, you know, idolized on a pedestal, Christian, right? Like all the things they grew up in a Christian home and all of that but that was the first time that they were able to relate to my humanity, to me being a sinner. And that brought us so close. Like from that, we have been so close ever since. And so I remember, so I did the um, the brunch for the broken hearted. So I tell my testimony, right? That's it's, I, that's what I do. But my boys were there. And so I'm just, you know, I'm telling my testimony and da-da-da-da-da. they're not flinching. But so, cause they know the story, but a sister came up to me after she was like, Oh my goodness. She was like, I can't even imagine. Like, how could you tell your story with your boys right here in the room? Like what in the world is going on? And like, she was like bum fuzzle and I was like oh my kids were the first they were the first people I told you know she was like oh okay but yeah like it's it's when they found out I think it God just used the moment you know for them to be like mom is just like us (laughs) like you know what I mean mom is on the highway to heaven just like us with all its twists turns bumps you name it, right, and so on, uh, so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I think that that's beautiful, I also think it's beautiful, because you have all boys, and there's just something sweet about that, about them even seeing their heroes, humanity, and still being able to see the hero, you know, yeah. despite the humanity, yeah. Ugh, I think that's just, that's just something so sweet about that, to yeah. be raising black men, you yeah. know, and have that conversation and that level of vulnerability and transparency and real and real, like. And I also think, Dime, I'm like, man, as as I as I think about the earlier point that we made around broken families, and this is what the reconciliation, despite, looks like because it doesn't have to stay broken. If, if moms and dads would commit to doing the work that doesn't have to be the fate because it could have easily been you and Kima then went down this downward spiral type situation now you didn't jack them up you know but yeah. it wasn't that oh, that's, so, that's yes. gold too that like man when we talk about restoring the family unit we're still not talking about perfection we fully expect that people are going to encounter real situations because sin is real Mm -hmm. but as disciples of christ the way that we then begin to manage those situations and deal with our heart and move forward there's resurrection possible you know in that work that still means that the family can continue on the right trajectory despite our shortcomings yes
1: yes 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 that's God, right? Like, yes, that's how He gets down. Mm. Mm-hmm. He does His best work. Yeah, mm. yeah, I love that. So, um,
0: the question that I would love to end on is just, um, and I thought we was gonna talk about you being a widow child, but clearly, <laughs> let the Holy Spirit have His way. I would like to plug your podcast, though. Uh mm. Daisha has her own podcast, Widow. I go from here, where she shares a lot of her journey as a widow and navigating that as well so i strongly 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 encourage all of you listening to go check that out because it's just such a powerful story in that as well i still remember the episode where you talked about um the room number or something Mm -hmm. and just like the significance and how that came full circle and i was just like Mm. (laughs) because only the lord would do something like that (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So with all of that, and even just recently in the last couple of years, feeling like those, uh, chains of shame have completely come off. How would you say that you have seen God turn your graves into gardens? How have you seen him use this experience and this part of your testimony and and turn that pain into purpose?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So it's interesting. And um I guess we will kind of talk about um, my season of widowhood here because you know, when a thing happens, and and you even mentioned this on our coaching call yesterday. Like when a thing happens, your life is consumed, you know, with in my case, the death of my spouse, right? And that became all consuming, you know? I mean, it literally hit every piece of existence. And so I'm grateful. I am grateful for it. I'm still widowed, right? But what I'm seeing now though is that it is and it will be a season like my life is not widowhood and and that's so and let me so that's pretty scary but let me tell you why and i know the question is how how has this been used right for purpose but where i am now and so widowhood was the catalyst, like widowhood is the thing that that connected you and I, right? That, that has me in this space where I am today. Widowhood is that thing. And so I'm grateful for what I've learned, the lessons, the experiences, the whole nine. And I've made it my mission and passion to serve widows well. You know, like really, when I became widowed, I was just like, man, it's scarce out here. You know what I mean? Like there's so many resources for couples and marriages, but just few, right? Other than a grief group, right? And so, and I am someone who looks at, you know, I can look at a thing and see the gaps and see the holes and want to jump in and, you know, do something about it. Like that, that is who I am. But what God is showing me though, is that it's time to, to start exiting that season of widowhood and focus on your, your life, like the entirety of Daisha. Daisha is just not widow. You know, Daisha is so many or so much more than just her season of widowhood. There's so much life that happened before becoming a widow and and after, right? And so now I am stepping into like, okay, you want to use my whole life, like you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's my whole life, the whole story, the whole story and so I'm like okay so then it becomes a thing well what does that look like God how do I brand that I'm what do I go from here like how do I market that how do you know so now I'm dealing with all these things what does that look like how do I attract just women and like all the things and so that's where God is pulling me back like Daisha like you can even if now when you listen to like say my podcast intro right it's I'm empowering, inspiring Christian women and widows. And what I've seen is that grief and loss and life, it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual, right? Satan uses it all to try to destroy our relationship with God. Think about if if someone doesn't know that the way of God is suffering, if someone believes that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and then suffering hits, that's not specific to a widow. You know what I mean? And Satan uses that to destroy our relationship with God because we don't understand and know the way of God and so so yeah so now I am pivoting into I'm about to take my whole life shell this is about to be my whole testimony not just this season and I'm going to serve Christian women and widows well you know through through testimony through products and services through events through what have you
0: yeah, I love that. I um I was on a similar train of thought around like using the whole testimony. So, I want to share some things that the the Lord was putting on my heart around that once we finish recording. Um but yeah, even when you early early on in the recording, you mentioned how once you started to introspect, you realized it went back to grief and I was like, "Wow, God was he was he was starting it then. He like to see you now and to know how well acquainted you are with grief in a very real way, but he was already using it from way back then. (laughs) Like that plan had already started for you to be a messenger sent to grievers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, wow, that was, he was already starting that plan because of what she was experiencing as a little girl and her experiences have continued to build on that. But like, she was acquainted with grief very young, you know? So yeah, I can definitely see that thread. Um, how can um men and women who hear this podcast episode and are interested um, in hearing more from you or connecting with you, what are the spaces you're in that they can connect with you through?
1: Yeah, so they can um, connect with me at my website, widowigofromhere.com. And then on social media, I am at widowigofromhere.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you for, uh, just sharing your heart. Like it's one thing to get on a platform and just tell your story. Cool. The art of storytelling. We see Ted talks all the time, but to get on here and share your heart, even yesterday when we were, um, emailing about the topics and you was like, Ooh, okay. No objections, but I'm afraid. <laughs> like even that response to be like, all right, Lord, here we go. Uh, So I appreciate you because I don't take that lightly, you know, to ask someone to recount the experiences, to relive through those experiences. Um, And I know that we do it with the kingdom in mind, but that doesn't mean that it's easy, (laughs) you know, or delightful. So um, just thank you for being willing to share a piece of yourself for my listeners as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I am just so honored to always be in your presence, Shell. I truly mean that. Like every single time, hear me out. Mm -hmm. Every single time you show up with intention, you're so full of wisdom, well beyond your years, like well beyond your years. It's such a privilege to even be coached by you, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I mean that with all my heart, it's just been a beautiful relationship. Just one of those, you didn't even know that you needed her. Like, you know what I mean? You didn't even know, where did she come from? What? Like, but now I can't even imagine life without you in it, you know? And I know we don't talk all the time and all the things, but- the impact, like I, c- I can't even imagine not ha- living life without having met Shell Oda. What a blessing! What a blessing! Wow. wow. Amen. 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 Okay, I
0: love you. Love you too. Hey, girl. Hey. If you enjoyed today's episode, sis, chances are there are other women just like you who would enjoy it too but they won't know about it unless we actually tell them, okay? So if you don't mind helping me spread the word, will you take 30 seconds to leave a review of the show and then screenshot this episode and share it with your friends wherever you like to hang out? It really would mean so much to me. All right, go and review those journal notes. I'll meet you back here next week for another session.